0: Greetings dear viewers, we are happy to welcome you on Alator TV. This is the project Creative Society Global Talk on Education. There is no doubt that every system in the world is facing some problems and challenges, and today we are talking about the future of schools and teacher education in the world, about education in Mexico, problems and challenges of education in the world, how to change the society format through education? What is the creative society? And many other questions. We're happy to welcome, welcome you on you order order TV. TV. This is this is the 4G creative society, society. Global global. I want global. the microphone. There is no there doubt is no that doubt every single world, world is facing, facing some problems problems and problems problems and challenges. And, and today today nobody. <laughs> About education, about education in Mexico, Mexico problems, and problems and challenges. challenges of education. Of education. Or we have some uh, sound lighting circulation. Lighting Someone's uh, microphone is on. We're, we're happy to be on TV. This is this is the 4G 4G mobile mobile microphone. There is no, there is no doubt that every system is facing problems and challenges. No I believe someone's microphone was on, uh, but that's okay, we can continue. Uh, Okay, now we're good. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, dear viewers, uh, sorry for this inconvenience, but we continue. And uh, right now, I'd like to introduce our today's guest. Our today's guest is Dr. Eduardo Andera. Dr. Andera, welcome on Alatro TV. Thank you very much. Uh, Just a few words about our our today's guest. Uh, Dr. Eduardo Andrea is an educational analyst and writer on topics of public policy, education policy, and comparative education. He is a visiting scholar at Boston College and affiliated with the Center for Teacher Training and Education Research in Mexico. Dr. Andrea has a PhD in political science from Boston College, master's degree in economics and public administration from Boston University and Harvard University, respectively, and has a law degree from University of um, Ibera America, Mexico City. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Dr. Andrea is a lecturer, a keynote speaker, and advisor to schools and governments, author of 15 books in education and learning. Welcome again. Welcome. Uh dear friends and viewers, uh, those who are watching us today for the first time, just briefly about the International Public Movement Alatra. International Public Movement Alatra is an association of active, honest, and friendly people who inspire to use their best qualities for the benefit of the whole society. International Public Movement Alatra participants are implementing a lot of international projects, uh, again, for the benefit of the whole uh, society. One of the projects is the creative society. How we see of what is the creative society? From our point of view, the creative society is a society where the life of every person is the main value. This is the society where all conditions have been created for people to manifest their best human qualities and where everyone cares about the society and the society cares about each human so let's begin our live broadcast and uh dr andrea i'd like to ask you the first question about the society how do you personally envision a creative society so the society where you your loved ones friends and family members would feel comfortably live happily please share
1: well that's a very broad uh, question let me say that uh, there are not perfect societies and there will never be or happen uh, we are humans and we are imperfect. and there are things that uh, we we can we can envision but we will never get there i rather ask myself how can i create an environment a creative environment, a learning environment, good enough, rich enough, for me and for other people, and for for all the people that are near, um, to make us feel happier, calm and creative. It helps a lot. If the others, the uh, the rest of the people, think more or less in the same way, that it is about creating a proper human, creative, calm, learning environment, and then from there, with respect and knowledge, we can interact and communicate, and try to make um, our relationships, better relationships, better interactions, like the one we are having today, no? Talking- ask you
0: then, uh, so the most important thing, if we want to see the changes in the society, the starting point is the person itself.
1: Yeah, the person itself and, their, and his ability to create a proper learning environment and creative environment around himself starting with his mind i want to have a learning environment in my life meaning i want to learn i decide to learn i decide to be creative i have the will to do it and then i move forward uh, that's the beginning
0: uh, you know there was a phrase uh, popular i believe in the 60s in the united states when people used to say uh, think globally Act locally
1: so again, well, all changes
0: hmm. begin from us
1: yeah it, it all begins in here it all begins in the attitude the emotions how do you handle your own emotions how how do you handle your emotions in relation to the emotions of others excuse me excuse me how empathetic you are with the rest of the people how near you are to to the rest of the people it all starts there rather than with big knowledge and all the things that they come after but in the beginning you have to have the attitude to be creative to be learning to be positive
0: that's nice and uh the next question that i'd like to ask you uh of course um this is Again, about the creative society, but uh, coming already to the education. From your point of view, uh, how do you envision the development of future education and science, and hopefully in the creative society? How will these two areas work from your point of view? Can you share us your opinion or ideas?
1: How you see that? Um, well, nowadays is very difficult because it, it seems like the future arrived before we were ready to receive this kind of future that we are living with the pandem- pandemic and everything. So we are right now, we, we were already in a state of change and flux. We are right now in the middle of that. Everything has been accelerated by the pandemic. It has not been change in the way that, that, that um, 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 in the way that we envision, say in the, in the beginning of the 21st century, we envision a world of change and innovation and uncertainty. What has happened now is that everything that we, we thought in the beginning of the 21st century it has been accelerated. Change comes at a rapid pace or more rapid pace. Innovation is is going to come even faster. And uncertainty, it is all around us all the time. So the way that I envision the future in, in education and learning is the way we saw it 10 years ago, not more than 10 years ago, but 10 years ago, but more the same but more and more quickly that's that's the way that i see it we see more digitalization we see more change we see new pedagogics we see new ways of teaching and learning we see new ways of human interactions and um, this is all good for the brain because the brain learns by innovation by by challenges, by, by, by new ways of doing things. So at the end of the day, it will, be, it will be, the crisis will be an opportunity for humans to be more intelligent, more creative and everything. But we have to be ready for the crisis. And how, do, how are we going to be ready for the crisis? We have to be open for change. We have to be open for new pedagogics. We have to be open for new ways of doing things. Just the way we thought um, in, 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 tr- in 2010, 10 years ago. But we have to do it in one week. We, were, we, we thought that all the changes that we are seeing now will, um, will be effective in 20 years from now. And then we, has, we see those changes happening in one week or two weeks. So, we have to be ready for that.
0: me ask you then, um, one more additional question about the society and the changes that we're facing. You've mentioned that uh, the society development is, you know, having a very, you know, big or wide pace. pace. We're moving very quickly in terms of technologies, uh, things development and, and other...
1: Technologies and interactions, and human yes. interactions.
0: But, uh, In education, um, from my point of view, that um, if we look from the educational point of view on people, uh, it seems to me that people are not changing much. And in this regard, I'd like to ask you a question about um, human values and moral values. How are these two things, two questions, um, should be raised in education? The questions of humanity and morality.
1: Well, moral values and human values, when you ask about that, actually what you are really asking is about habits. How the people do things and why they do things, the way to do it. And when you ask about habits and these moral values, and human values, what you are really asking is um, raising children, parenting, how things are done at home, how parents are raising children. And that's the real question. And it is a forgotten question in education from the last at least 100 years or even more. We were too concentrated we were too concentrated about school education, uh, school learning, university learning and everything. But we didn't pay enough attention to the importance, to the crucial importance of raising children at home. How parents behave, how do they raise their children, What are the human daily uh, interactions? between parents and children. From there, you create the habits that we later call values. If the parents behave in an honestly way, most of the time, the children will be raised by honesty values. But they will earn by the example, by the interaction that they live with the parents. If the parents set some limits, then the children would learn to behave socially with the limits. If if the parents have good people, they have nice relationships with their neighbors and everything, then they will be socially good citizens in the future. So values actually, what we adults call values from the ethical, logical or philosophical point of view in reality in deep learning what we are talking about is raising values parenting values how do we behave and interact at home and that is the big change in the in the new pedagogics of the of the 21st century we are going back to the family and the pandemic, the pandemic that we're living is helping us to, to look at that because families are finally forced to be families again, and they don't know how to do it. That's
0: very interesting. I have two more questions about that, but I'd like to ask um, this one in particular from your point of view. Um, Speaking, continuing speaking about uh, foundations of human relations. Um, Correct. What should be the relationships between generations, uh, children, parents, grandparents then, in order to have a healthy atmosphere in the first cell of our society,
1: in the family? It should be as open as possible. There are no strict rules, no strict principles. The one thing that we have learned of 2,000 years of schools after the um, Greek and Hellenic schools, and then all the schools that we knew in the scholastic area, in the the modern area, is that open-minded is something that we all need to get along, to be more intelligent, to be more creative. So what we learned among the three generations, grandparents, parents, and children, and children to be the ones that are being born right now, is that we have no set of rules or or limits that are um, um unavoidable. We have to to be open to ideas, to different ways of thinking, to different ways of living. The only thing that we need for sure is loving relationships, open mind relationships at home and in society, and, and creative relationships. Have the minds of the children and and the parents and the grandparents to be um, open to new ideas. And when you talk about new ideas, you talk about innovation. And when you talk about innovation, you talk about creative minds. You talk about a creative society. So all comes down again, my dear friend, to this cordial, Open-minded, um, flowing human relationships. Of course, grand- of course, grandparents will say, will say, and parents will say, "Well, we used to do this in a better way." No, that is wrong. We used to do things in a different way, not in a better way. If you frame the phrase in that way, if you say to your children, we used to do this in a different way. You are open the mind to a creative, positive dialogue. If you say we did it in a better way, you are being arrogant, <laughs> you are being, I am better than you are. And that that is totally wrong. So we but should be- there. Um, You arrogant. mentioned earlier,
0: uh, that uh, human values and moral values are the two crucial things which have been forgotten in pedagogy for the last hundred years. I wanted to say um, to add. Um, I've heard really a lot about that. That you know, human values and moral values are important in education, but for some reason uh, we are paying a lot of time to, for example, studying skills, you know, reading, writing, but at the same time, we announce about human values, moral values, let's say, in the national curriculum, but in the end, we begin paying (coughs) more attention and spending more time on learning, cramming, and finally, just for the sake of passing the exam. From your point of view, why? Human and moral values have been forgotten because, for such a long period. Because we what, have, what's the reason?
1: Because we deal with them from a rhetorical um, point of view and from and from the knowledge cognitive point of view. When I said that the the hidden the the hidden secrets of education from from the last or since the last 100 years is is. Um, moral values and human values, as they relate to raising values, to parenting values, to how do we interact with the children at home. We call that in Spanish, crianza. So what is going on at home from before you are born to when you are six or seven or eight years old? And that's, that's that's, that's the missing part. When adults talk about values and and moral values and human values, they are talking in terms of knowledge, cognitive knowledge about what is the definition of honesty? What is the definition of decent citizenship? What is the definition of goodness? What is the definition of of, of wisdom? And, um, And all those things, and they are, Right, I mean, this is, this is the subject of philosophy and ethics and moral teaching and so on and so forth. But what we really need to do, we, we, we don't need to teach those values unless we have ingrained those values in the children from the, from the moment they are born and even before. We have to go back to families. We have to go back to family life. We have to to make part of the learning environment of a person to be a good person, to be a decent person, to be honest by habit. Once you have that by habit, and habit you you get by by the process of raising children, of parenting, once you have that by habit, when the children grow, grow up, to go to a school or to go to the university and to, to learn from philosophy or from ethics, those values, it, they click. You, know? you click the emotional habit concept of values that you learn from home to the cognitive concept of values and human values that you learn from the university. Otherwise, if you grow in a corrupt environment, in a wicked environment, in a, in a close-minded environment, and you grow up to 15 years old and learn, learn that from a cognitive point of view, from an ethics lesson or a philosophy lesson, well, you would just learn how to cook something, but you don't learn how to live something. That's exactly true. What I and, think that- We need to make the match. And to make the match, we have to turn or we have to go back to the beginning. We have to go back to the, the most important years of education and learning, which are the one year before you are born and six or seven years after you are born. And of course the rest of the life, but, the, but the, these years are crucial.
0: You know what just flashed in my mind? Uh, that's, I believe, the answer to the questions why we have forgotten about these values, human. I mean human and moral values for the last hundred of years because we used to talk about them from the philosophical point of view rather than practicing them, exactly. rather than to be an example of these human and moral values
1: ourselves. And you know, yes, yes, yes. Live, Live them like feeling them, like like, this is life, this is the way it goes, by having a very good interaction with your parents and with the the first adults that you interact with in your life. Living those values, making those values a habit. Then when you grow up to learn the theory of those values, when you read Socrates and... Or, or, or Platon, or Aristotle's or the modern philosophies, or the illustration philosophers, or the contemporary philosophers, and then you say, wow, okay, this is it. What I learned to live. This is what it is called by, no, or to.
0: May I ask you then the role of a teacher here, should the teacher be an example himself or herself of these human and moral values in order, let's say, to be the next step in upbringing of children. If we're talking about the family, family is the first cell, the first step in the human growing, human upbringing. Then teacher text takes the next step and he also should be an example of these human and moral values in order not to lecture but to Example
1: them Exactly. So what you see is that first parents create a, a positive creative learning environment, a cocoon, so to speak, for the children. And then teachers continue that learning environment so that the children grow consistently in a nice learning and creative environment. So teachers are crucial. But remember that teachers were children as well. And teachers have their own children's brain and their own habits. So they they have to be able to recognize this reality even if they didn't have a nice racing environment or a nice parenting interaction environment. They have to be able, because they are adults, to recognize this reality and then to start working with their own habits and to see that their habits, the way they interact with the children on a daily basis, is much more important than the way they tell the children how to behave.
0: That's true. That's exactly true. And Uh, the
1: story and the beauty of it
0: doctor Andrea, André, um, you're an author of 15 books and you're a world-recognized um, international expert on education. One of your uh, latest books is about which is called the future of schools and the future of uh, teacher training. From your point of view as an international expert you've seen a lot, you've compared a lot of educational systems. Um, the, future teacher training how important is it for every single teacher to practice the culture of self improvement i mean self improvement personally and of course and, and of course professionally
1: i think it is absolutely important if you see the, if you see my latest book yes. the one to mention, uh, which was published like 2 months ago from Oxford University Press. Um, it is about uh, seeing the future of schools and, and teacher training from the window of Finland. Actually, my comparative education expertise expertise is Finland. So I have devoted like 14 years more, like 16 years to study Finland. I'm going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And uh, and 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 then uh, what I did in my last book is, how is Finland changing? How are, are they doing it? How they, are they looking into the future? How far ahead is Finland in, 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 in this view of the future of schools and um, education and, and, and teacher training? And I went to Finland for the last three or four years to interview many people, I, 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 I researched 14 schools, I, I talked to teachers and principals about this. And then from there, I learned that they are changing, that they were changing education in 2014, 16, 17, 18, 19. And even now, they were changing all the curriculum mm-hmm. from initial um, uh, daycare education to university education to stress the importance of these human values and the importance of interaction and the importance of uh, the well-being of children and people in general. And that they have taken that to, 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 to the limit. I mean, they have taken that to everything in, in, in education. If you go to schools in Finland, and which are very nice schools and they are very famous. i you know? have been there, yes. But they are um, uh, stressing more than ever is the importance of the human interaction, the importance of emotions, the importance of the relationships between children and teachers, the importance of the interaction between children and parents, you know? the importance of having children of, interested in education, interested in, in their own learning and being part of their own learning. And that's the way that I th- that I think the, the world would follow. Finland is the benchmark and it has been the benchmark for almost 20 years since PISA, the PISA test started. The results, yes. And they became very high. They have been like, almost like the benchmark for the rest of the world. How are they doing it? How do they do it? Why they have been so high? Even though um, the children start almost one year later of in, in uh, schools, that most of the of, of the of the rest of the world, how come that they study less time than the rest of the people and they are still getting high uh, results? And and how come they are, they have so nice uh, interactive uh, um, environment in the schools.
0: And from and your point of view, what makes education in Finland is um, so successful? What is the key I have, to success? I've asked
1: that question for 14 years to, to like 200 teachers and, and 100 principals. And I have some statistics about that. And most of them say, most of them say, because of teachers and the high quality of teacher education and the high quality of, uh, of uh, teacher training. But I say that it is more like, of course that is important. But I say that there is more than, than that. I say that um, it is not only teachers, It is the whole society. The whole society is is a learning society. Uh Education is, and school education is, I think, it is one of the most important values in the society. To be educated and to be an educator in Finland is at the highest of society's esteem. Teachers are esteemed and well valued by society mothers are a key factor in, in in the success of education in finland because they they are first very highly educated and they all of them are highly interested that the children be highly educated so you have a, a, a society as a whole that is interested in education. And when you talk to experts from government and universities and schools, there is a a very open dialogue among government uh, experts or governmental experts, university experts, principals, teachers, municipal authorities, and parents. So there is a lot of communication among all these agents of education that that makes the system to flow
0: no you, know, they- you mentioned this uh, and it seems to me right now uh, after you continue the explanation of what makes them education in Finland uh, a benchmark and most successful in the world, that uh, from the childhood, the children are taught to cooperate rather than to compete with each other and when they go to school when they go to university when they go to work i see that they continue this practice instead of competing they are cooperating as a whole society parents and schools principals all other stakeholders in order to make the whole education system and again the society Educational,
1: if I this can say is so,
0: true. more, uh, more friendly, more peaceful, more uh, happy, more, more fluid.
1: Yeah, um, this is something that this cooperation versus competition, education and and, and motivation. This is something that that we learn not only from Finland. I and mean, this is something that. The um, psychology of learning and pedagogics tells us, tell us of the time that it is better to motivate children intrinsically uh, because you want to become a better person than extrinsically because you, because you have to win the race. Uh? so it is better to instill in the children the the intrinsic motivation of doing things rather than the extrinsic motivation of doing things because at the end of the day they will in, in, instead of, of saying i am competing with the rest of my peers to be the best in the class they 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 have the state of mind of i am growing to be a better person. So if you say I am growing to be a better person, what you do things, you do it, not because the people are paying you or not be, to do it, not because the people are saying you, you are the best or you are the most intelligent person, or you are the winning or the rest of your peers are losers. But you, you are doing things because you wanna be a better learner. You want to be a better person. And that is and that is something that we learn and that we have learned from these people, from these experts in education and experts in pedagogics and the psychology of learning. And I think that is something that the Finnish people have gotten right from the beginning. They are, they are trying to steal in, 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 in students. the the state of mind that it is better to cooperate than to compete. Because if you cooperate, you have a win-win situation. Rather than when you are competing, you are forced to have a win-lose situation. Someone is going to be a loser. And if you take that language into schools, and you take that language into pedagogics, by having the children to compete, to be the winner, to be the best, what you are saying, you are, you are the champion, no? to that particular student. But what you are saying uh, to the rest, to the rest of the children, is you are losers, <laughs> and and that is an uh, that is an abomination from the pedagogic point of view.
0: Let me uh, like make a little conclusion for our viewers. Um... Correct me if I forgot something or I was wrong. Uh, So the key to success was the culture of self-improvement based on cooperation together with human and moral values which are raised in children from the childhood.
1: Nice summary.
0: Very good. I couldn't do it better. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Doctor Andrea. Um, from your point of view, um, as an international expert, what are the most challenging challenges of today's system of education in the world? If we look at the system of education globally, what are the yep. most challenging challenges?
1: Last year, facing now. Last year, I was in Finland doing research for a new project, and the research topic was. How how can we blend together pedagogics and digitalization? The world was becoming digital, digital even before the pandemics. And the children were becoming more digital and more screen glued or oriented even before the pandemics. So it seemed at the beginning of the 21st century and especially after 2007 after the iPhone it seemed that the digital uh, the, that the digital drive was winning to the pedagogics drive so digital digitalization was getting ahead of pedagogics So we learn from from the literature and from practice, from experience, that children around the world, including in Finland, they were reading less, playing less with with their peers, interacting less with their parents and other friends, interacting less in the schools with teachers and they were devoting 10 to 11 hours to screens and digital devices, devices per day. But they were not studying or they were not reading, they were just playing or looking to, sh- to short videos or g- gossiping. Huh? So they were in the business of using the devices in a very shallow way we were becoming a shallow, digital society. Yeah. And we were we're going to school and they were getting, they they were bored at at the schools because the digital device, no, this thing, offered them a world of opportunities. The entire encyclopedia, the entire world, they were free by the iPhone, the smart phones, but actually they they were limited by the way they were using the digital devices. So I was studying with some other friends from Finland um, and colleagues, how can we get the pedagogics to merge with the digitalization so we don't lose the children to the shallow digital world and we lure them back into the pedagogics. We know from from the science of learning that children learn, children and adults learn better in a, in, in on-site, physical, face-to-face learning environment. We know that
0: that's exactly possible the answer to the question that i was going to ask but let me sorry for interrupting you to like make a little conclusion here again for myself and for our viewers that the society should be developing through education two ways digitally but at the same time in the same pace pace develop spiritually the digitalization should not be going faster or further uh, of
1: our humanity, right? Our way way of learning, our real deep way of learning, our deep pedagogics, our our real way of getting uh, true knowledge, profound deep knowledge, deep learning. If we keep if we keep going digital in a shallow way, we will lose our deep understanding of things. So the challenge, the big challenge for the society, for the world is how can we go faster or at least as fast as the digital world so we can bring back the students and the adults to the the deep learning rather than to do the shallow learning uh, uh, from a shallow use of digital devices. And that's the big question. We know, and I was telling you, we know from science that, from the learning science, that children and adults learn better in a human face-to-face, on-site learning environment. Exactly. We know yeah. that Now... But we are forced to the digital environment, whether we like it or not. In the the best of the possible worlds, in the best world, uh, on site, face-to-face learning is better. But we are now forced to do a, a digital learning environment. We don't have the luxury of going all the time full-time, face-to-face. Now, given that limitation, the possible world, world, not the best world, but the possible world, what we have to learn is how can we do this digitalization or digital learning environment a better way? How can we improve it to to have the children and the adults back into deep learning rather than shallow learning. And that's the big um, challenge for the society. We already, that's knew fantastic. we already knew that 10 years ago. Now we are facing it. We had that question 10 years ago. What would happen to the society if we continue to go more digital than, pedagogic, than pedagogical? Now we face it like a reality. And the answer to that is that we have to have blended learning environments rather than... um, What
0: kind of blended learning is it? Uh, Technologies
1: with upbringing? Well, that if we are going to have, if we have to do digital teaching and learning, if we have to have the children uh, at home in a digital way. We better do it in an interactive way, like the way we are doing right now. That the way we, are, we, are, we are interacting on site, even if we are not sitting in the same room. I see you, you see me. You ask me, I ask you. I see your face, you see my face. And at least we have this digital interaction. So the more we can do the digital interaction, rather than sending the children to watch a lesson on, uh, that it has been previously recorded, and then watch it alone and come back to me for questions, rather than having that, having the lesson on site in an interactive way with few children, no more than 15 or 20 or something like that. And then... If we can do it, if we have the luxury of doing it, have at least one day that the teacher can meet the children face to face per week or per month or something like that in a safe environment. So we can. We are we are forced to do digital, but we do it interactive. If I if I need to contact the children, we we contact the children in a Zoom or any other platform, um, video, interactive session, or we do a WhatsApp group or a Telegram group or whatever interactive group we can, or we do it by phone, or we do it in in an interactive way. You see what I mean? And when we have the chance, when we have the opportunity to do it on site, Face-to-face, we do it at least once a week or once two weeks, or, or once per month. There are some districts in the world that they are trying very uh, creative things, now that we're talking about a creative society, where they are doing very creative uh, things. They, of course, do this the, the interactive Zoom section or go-to-meet section or meets or teams or whatever. Platform they choose, they do it that way. But they do, they also do it by phone, or they keep a, a WhatsApp uh, or Telegram group, you no, know, in a way that they can contact the children at different times of the day. You know, it's not only that you have one lesson from nine to ten, and then from ten to eleven, and eleven to twelve. That is. That is going to that is going to go fast away. We have to have. an an interaction that it is on a daily basis. Teachers are more like advisors, like companions, like coaching experts to children and parents all the time. And that's the way that that I think it is going to happen. And it was going to happen in the future, pandemic or not pandemic. It was going to happen in the future because the digitalization was going faster than the pedagogies. Now, we, we need to bring the pedagogies back into a fast pace to- Harmonize. Merge with digi- digitalization. Digitalization, but this is not going to stop. This yes. will grow and
0: grow and so grow. Pedagogy and digitalization should be harmonized and, work and working together like two legs of the same exactly right. uh, exactly and the
1: pandemics is helping us to see the future quicker uh? we are seeing the future now the future that we envision for 30 years or 20 years we are seeing it now
0: may I ask you then the next question uh that is going to be one of the last questions that i want to ask i believe i almost got the answer to it but i still want to ask it to verify um in the world we have you know a lot of types of conflicts like economic conflicts military conflicts you know family conflicts social religious you name it so maybe the reason why we have in the society in the world society of course i mean globally so many types of conflicts because the second part the pedagogical part that is aimed to raise human beings based on human moral values family values values that we indeed a humanity we have indeed one nationality human beings and one place of living the earth it's like one common house maybe that's the reason and the school maybe is right now not doing a job in full or completely in order to harmonize the development of the civilization, uh, the technical part and the pedagogical part, which should be working together.
1: If you want to install or instill in children these human moral learning and creative values, you have to leave them. Not to teach them. You have to live. And you live them right from the beginning. And that's the way the brain learns. We learn by experiences. Mm -hmm. And the emotional experiences are very important at the beginning of life. And the emotional experiences are those experiences that we live with our parents. Now, if we live human values moral values learning values and creative values with our parents the way we say it with an open mind you no know? with we are different we are not better but we are different that kind of thing and the children grow from from the year 0 to 7 years of age when they go to schools and then they, when they arrive to schools, they live those values by the examples of the teachers and educators in the schools. They do have a continuum of living those values of moral values, learning values, and creative values. Now it will arrive the time, no? When the brain is ready for cognitive lo- knowledge, when it, it will arrive the time that the teachers will also teach the children that those values that you live are called honesty, learning, innovation,, no? sociability, communication. but you, you will learn, in, learn it um, cognitively, but first you leave them by leaving them. And then you make a match and then it will flow. And I think that's the new pedagogies. I think that's, that's the, 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 the way we see it in, in, into the future. That's the way that we will take it into the future. And it is not saying no to digitalization, no to the iPads, no to the iPhones, no to the tablets, no to the smartphones, no. That is nonsense. They are going to stay here for good. It is part of the human development. No? It's like saying not to the books. Now no, what we have to say is, how can we do it in a better way? So we take advantage of them in a deep way.
0: No? I got it, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, Dr. Andrea. Um, before uh, I go to the last question, just I decided to ask, <laughs> one more question um, there is a tradition um, in the end of the interviews uh, to ask our speakers to continue this conversation about the creative society uh, about global token education about the development of education in the future uh, can I ask you please if you would to recommend a couple of colleagues uh, that you would say we would continue the dialogue about this.
1: Okay. Well, I can't. I can't point to, to one person that that um, it, it helped me a lot to see all these in Finland, or two people that helped me to see all these things in, in, in Finland. They are professors, and they started a movement. One of them started a movement in in one university to reshape. Uh, the, the education of, of, of teachers looking into this kind of exper- experiential learning. They call it phenomenon-based learning. When you talk about phenomenon-based learning, you're talking about learning by experience, no? Not only learning by concepts, no? Or, or by, uh, by, by um, uh, teaching, and learning, but learning by experience. Life is an experience. So, so you have to experience it. So they are promoting, or they started to promote a, a new curriculum that it is called phenomenon-based uh, learning or teaching and learning. And one of the founders of this idea is Professor Penti Moilanen, and he's from Uvascula uh, University and he's he's a mentor to many people of course not all teaching uh or teachers colleges in finland go the uh, the uvascular way because he's from the university of uvascular But, but but they are going more or less in the same way not as fast and as far ahead as uh, uvascula, but all of them are going this way, I guess. And this is all of this is is, is written in my book, in the future of education, the future of schools, and teacher education. Um, how is Finland changing the teacher training of teachers, and so on and so forth? So one of the people that you could talk uh, or you could um, talk about it is a uh, Professor Pentti Moilanen, and the other one who is ex- an, an, a, a world expert. In, in education um, and he ran for many, many years the Institute of Education at Juvascular University who was, which was in charge of um, the PISA development and the PISA application in Finland is Professor Joni Valijarvi. He's also from Juvascular University. I can give you their the uh, contact names and uh, emails Thank you very much. Later, later, so you contact them. But I can also give you people from other places uh, around the world that can give you but but I, I would really appreciate that. I, I know principals that have made impressive uh, cultural changes in, in their schools in Finland and the Netherlands and, and uh, in, in 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 Flanders, in uh, Belgium, in New Zealand. Australia, in Canada. I know a wonderful principal that he started a new school without buildings, no?
0: mm-hmm.
1: an open-air school in, in Canada, in British Columbia. and it is, I, I was there and it is a fantastic school, but I can also give you um, names uh, uh, from uh, principals of experts in, in some other countries that I have visited in the last 10 years.
0: Thank you very much. Dr. Andrea, um, the last uh, question that we ask um, our speakers during the interview, uh, we usually ask what would you like to wish to all participants of the international public movement Elatra, who are implementing a lot of projects all over the world for the sake of benefiting the whole society? Uh, But I would also like uh, to ask you uh, To send the message to all people who would be watching us, especially education experts in the world. What would you like to wish the latra participant movements and what would you like to address now to the world educationalists who would be watching us?
1: Okay, look inside of you. That's what I would say. And that's the way I've I've done it, to try to myself to be a better, a better person, a better professional, a better educator, a better, a better family member, to look inside of me and to, to make a review of my habits and see, make a list of my habits and see what are the habits that are promoting me into a learning and creative um, um, person and what are the habits that are not, no? And, and this includes habits as of uh, uh, shallow things to deep things, or habits as um, nutrition, sleeping time, interaction times with with uh, um, interesting people, no? and reading versus TV watching, and exercising. The, the, uh, versus uh, sitting and look at your own habits and make an analysis of your habits. Everything begins with the habits. The habits is a reflection of your brain. The habits is a reflection of all your experiences, past experiences that are ingrained in in your brain. And your brain orders you to act in this or that way. And when we act in this or that way, we are acting by habits. Um, the only way that we can change the uh, architecture of our brain to be more creative, to be more learning-oriented, to be more positive is by changing my habits, by promoting the habits that I, am, that I think are good habits and changing the habits that I, th- that I think they are not good habits. Now, when I do that... And I work in a community, like your creative society. When I begin to do that, the people around around me will see that I am changing habits towards the creative learning environment. And then they will accommodate to that. They will start to do that. And this this will be like a ripple effect. So to change the world, we don't change it by rhetorics, of big leaders in the world, we change it by by changing ourselves. It is from inside out.
0: That's true words of a true teacher. Dr. Andrea, thank you very much for this absolutely fantastic uh, conversation. Uh, I would really love to continue uh, this conversation in other interviews because I, have to say truly that we haven't answered uh, all questions. More than that, uh, I have much more questions to ask later. And dear friends, uh, I'd like to remind you again that today we had a wonderful and fantastic conversation with an international education expert, Dr. Eduardo Ander from Mexico. Dr. Andrea, thank you from the bottom of my heart for
1: this. Can, can can I can I say something? Yes, please. If, if the people want to reach me or they want to write me, they can follow me in Facebook. No, that you have it, so you can uh, you can uh, put it there, or they can they can write me to to my Twitter account. No, I am uh, uh, Eduardo Andere. No, and and or they can email me. They can send an email to me and my, can I give my email? Okay, and my email is, it's E for Edward and A for Apple, N for Nancy, D for David, E for Edward, R for Robert, E for Edward, at gmail, gmail.com. So it is E Andere, and Dere, and there is my last name, at gmail.com. So you might reach me those three ways, Twitter, face, or even my blog. I have a blog, which is eduardoandere.blog, which is my first name, last name, dot .blog in case they wanna, they wanna continue the conversation. Of course, sure, sure.
0: Dear and friends, I- dear viewers, thank you very much for watching us today. And if you'd like to learn more about the Creative Society, and uh, to be a guest on one of our programs, please uh, visit our website, which is called Uh, Right now, you can see information about this website on your screens. In the right upper corner, there is a button called Join Us. You can click on it. And there is a very short form that you need to fill out in one of the languages that you feel comfortable with. And send us the message, and we will definitely contact you. Dr. Andrea, once again, thank you very much for this wonderful dialogue, and hope to talk to you again in the next interviews. Thank you very much for watching us today. You were on Alatour TV. See you next time. Bye bye. Yeah.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Bye. Bye.